On today's episode, Dave interviews Ben Davis. Ben has been in Parks and Recreation, How I Met Your Mother, Six Feet Under, Gilmore Girls, and Mad TV. Ben is a voice actor in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Red Dead Redemption. He is also a sought-after acting coach and teacher at Ivana Chubbuck Studio in Los Angeles. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Whenever I'm drinking, I'm thinking, I love alcohol. <laughs> and what, well, what about when you're not drinking? When I'm not drinking, I'm thinking, uh, can I have alcohol right now? I love your pictures, your tributes to Bloody Marys at airports. Whenever you travel, yeah. I've adopted it. Yes. I now do it. I take pictures and I go, oh my God, that's Seattle, that Bloody Mary. Right, right. And Seattle has a very specific Bloody Mary. And I will show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you. Well, I'll show you what I was just sent to me yesterday. Okay. A Bloody Mary picture. Um, you're going to, because it is Seattle and at the airport. At the airport? No, I, oh. I'm familiar with the Denver Airport Bloody Mary, which is very bad. Although that was, I, we're both ex-smokers, but that was. Yeah. I used to get the Bloody Mary in that smoking lounge at Denver. Which oh God, is like it's a horrible the place. Don't ever go there. Place on the planet. Yeah, don't ever go there. Don't ever go there. Don't ever go there. Wait, hold on. Uh, I'm looking at this. Hold on, and uh, I want you to see this Bloody Mary. <laughs> Look at this Bloody Mary. This is my friend Jen Winters, and she goes to the. Uh, I'll, I'll play post it online so everybody can see. There's an airport there, and at the Seattle airport. They make this Bloody Mary. Now describe what's in it. Ben. Okay. Describe well, the garnish is is first off tremendous. the glass is tall and thin. Glass is tall and thin. There's a, it's a high ice content rocks around the rim. Mm -hmm. That looks like a very fresh lime. Mm -hmm. It's got the critical the critical pickled uh, string bean. Right. And that's a shrimp. It's a shrimp. It's a shrimp. Well, it's a shrimp. You know, have you been to, just around the corner, have you been to Bloodsoe's? No, I went there one day on La Brea, right? Yes. La Brea. La Brea. I, we Brea. went there and it was closed. It's closed like on Sundays at 7 or 8. Yeah, that might, be, that might be right. But you get, you go, that's a beautiful Bloody Mary. Yeah. You go to Bloodsoe's, and I learned this because I was hard up for a Patriots game, and so I went to Bloodsoe's, got a Bloody Mary uh, with our friend Simonetti, and, uh -huh. and brisket in the garnish. Gosh. Darn it. It was pretty good. What are you doing after? I'll go to Bledsoe's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, I, I, I think about, because I travel, so, you, you know, your lifestyle and my lifestyle are very similar, but you, you probably, how often do you teach? How often are you teaching? I teach, I teach uh, twice a week, uh -huh. and then I, I private whenever uh, okay. the and, need arrives. And you're also auditioning. And I'm also auditioning and working. And you're working. Um, for me, I'm either traveling or looking for work or going online and ranting about idiots. Um, or I'm cooking food or doing dishes or drinking or eating yeah. or teaching. Yes. In that order. So, so for me, the, way that the reason I'm talking about all these things is I'm always thinking about um, how lucky I am to be able to drink as much as I can. I think it's bad. Oops, hold on. Oh, that's okay. No, no, my fault. This is a, uh, this is a bad. But go ahead. You're, you're saying? Well, it's it's. Uh, I think it's lucky. I think you know. I think when you when you think about um, uh, the relationship to alcohol, I've had so many people that I am uh, that are heroes of mine that are mm -hmm. raconteurs and right. So yeah, I think I I think I'm lucky too. Yeah, I also believe that, and and it's a conversation that I have a lot. Maybe I had it with Faith when you're listening to the show, but the uh, the idea of um, I get to live this life called my art project, and I get to live my art project called my life. Yeah, that wasn't me. 
No, that was me. That okay. was that was definitely we're about to hear something. Uh-huh. Well, it's this thing. It's this thing about being fortunate. I mean that, and and being thankful for it. But I I think often that I'm lucky. I mean I, that is uh, fortunate. Fortunate. Did you say fortunate. Yeah, I think so. Really. One of the one of the, one of my first of all one of the things about you is how often I have you in my head. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Great things that you've said. Uh, there's the great one that 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 it's interesting. The people who some people hear it and think it's genius, and other people hear it and think it's ridiculous. Right. But but what you think of me is 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 none of my business, right? Which is this great axiom that you've taught me that I try to live by. Uh, the but what's the other the one that I'm thinking of just now though? Oh yeah, no, we were talking about a mutual friend, and we were talking about how he's he seems so dark all the time, mm-hmm. and I said. Well, I think I think life hasn't gone the way he hoped it would, and I think he's disappointed. And you, we were sitting at Canners. I remember this very specifically. And and you looked so indignant, and you said, "What right does he have to be disappointed?" <laughs> and I I think of it all the time. Right. I think of it all the time. And it's also that idea of hope. Yeah. You know, if you want to hope, hope, but realize hope means nothing. If you want to hope, go 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 crazy, hope, but realize that your hope is going to be dashed. Fuck hope. Right. Attachment. Well, it's, it's attachment to outcome, but it's also hope seems to be, for me, a victim exercise. It's a victim, uh, a victim-y uh, verb. I hope. This was with the thing, right, this idea of what I'm supposed to be. Right. And it's also the idea of, right, what I'm supposed to be and what, what, yes, exactly. The idea of what's supposed to be. And I look at what you've done and I look at what I've done and I look at the way that we've connected on, you know, through the Master Margarita, that first show there. And that was a game changer, dude. That was a game changer on so many levels. Spiritual game changer, uh, artistic game changer, ensemble game changer. It threw all these things together. And one of the things that, really connected to me was I get to work with all these fucking great people, all these actors who are phenomenal actors, and they are all living in this moment on the show at this moment. Did they hope that they were going to get to that part? Maybe they did. Doesn't matter if they did or not. I didn't hope. I just thought I'm auditioning and I'm getting it or I'm not going to get it. Yeah. What does hope do for me other than takes me out of the moment that I'm in and gives and sends me to fantasy town? Yeah, right. I think that that's right, but it also it yields this this disappointment. It could this potential. So I learned I learned a long time ago. Uh, I guess it was the first time I got cut out of something uh, because you know you do this work at, at some point in your career. You're you know there's all these plateaus you're trying to get to. If only I could get my SAG card, then I'm going to make it. If only I could get an agent, then I can make it. If only I could get a co-star or a guest star, series regular, whatever that. And anybody you meet who's met any of those kind of uh, landmarks, they're already on to the next one. So the, the value of them is kind of su- su- suspect. It, it's, it's, it, uh, uh, it, it's not there anymore. It's yeah. not that it's suspect. It's just gone. <laughs> right. You used it. You surrendered it. You let it go. You're not holding on to it. Like, I really hope I get my uh, my equity card. I have my equity card. Now I have my equity card. I have my <laughs> equity card. I've got my equity card. What the fuck? Let it go and move on. Yes. No, so the, it's not suspect. The, the durable one is the, is the health insurance right. and pension. But what's the first thing that you do when you get your health insurance? What's the first thought that you get? You get the check saying you got health insurance. What's the thought that you have? Uh... Oh, 
I don't know. I guess I'm targeting your your expectation. Well done. Good on me. Nope. For uh, me, it's my this. My dad will be proud of me. Nope. For me, for yeah. me, it's this. Oh, I hope I get it next year. <laughs> right. It's you know already. I mean? That's like, it. Well, no. That's so. This is exactly the point. So I did. Uh, I had at the end of the, there was this flurry of activity at the end of last year, and I did an episode of this and an episode of that, and. Uh, one was this How I Met Your Mother that I did, and, and I made it to the press release. It was a tiny thing I was playing, I think, clumsy guy, burly guy, burly guy, mm-hmm. uh, the part I was born to play. Mm-hmm. And I shared it with my brother, and my brother, you shared what? That I was, the, the night I was going to be on, I see, which I tend not to do, because uh-huh. I, I have a long time ago come to the realization that I, you do the work for people you don't know, you don't do the work for people you do know, and and... But my brother was very excited. He liked the show very much. And he sent out a, a, a tweet, I guess. Yes. And then he watched the episode. And it was I was not there. I was cut out of the episode. Right. And he was crestfallen. I am very accustomed to it. Right. But it was, it's a reminder of that kind of, it's, it's, I've gotten by on this. It's nothing till it's something. Uh, it, uh, I understand. I, had, uh, I was on an episode of Roseanne. And I was on the, Hall- the a Halloween episode, which is just a fantastic episode. And it was a nightmare. The entire show was just an awful experience. It was really, really hard. And we were there for a long time. And it was really hot in, in Radford. And I got the job. And I was glad. And I hung out with people. And it went on for too long. It was, it was really... I've gotten into it before on, this, uh, on the podcast, but I won't get into it. Um, and I what? invited... Well, what it's happened what? was... Roseanne, uh, John Goodman, Laurie Metcalf fucking walked off the set because Roseanne was being, uh, I'll see you next Tuesday, uh, an absolute raving, awful human being and everybody left and we are on the lot in the honey pots waiting for them to come back. Mm. A two day shoot turned into a seven day wait, right? And how shocking is that when you're the one who... Is so lucky to be there. So ex- lucky is a bad word. It's so excited to be I'm there. I'm excited this to be there. It's such a big deal. And right. you're surrounded by people who are over it. Well, I was really excited to hang out with Laurie Metcalf, who's yeah, a Chicago actress. Uh, and who, Chicago like, you know, and all those guys. So, uh, so we did the episode, and it's a Halloween episode, and I invite 30 people over to my house for Halloween dinner and trick-or-treaters coming by. And my place was, you know, maybe half the size of this apartment. And, um... I was cut out. Right. Oh, 30 right. people are sitting there. And I was cut out. Right. But here's an interesting thing. A month does not go by. No, I'll say two months do not go by that I don't get a nickel residual for that. They, they kept you. So I still got paid. Wow. I still got paid. See, I'm not going to get the How I Met Your Mother uh, money. I don't know. But there was, well, I don't think so. You don't think so? You might. No, I don't think so. You might. Uh, because, I mean, I've been cut out of a couple of things. And, and for me, so when you say it's not for the people that see it, it's not for the people that you know, it's for the people that you don't know. Yeah. What is it? When you say it, what is it? Well, I, I, have, a, I had a very, I have a, 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 remains a very good friend who uh, <laughs> uh, watched some of my work. You know, it was probably five or six years ago, and he'd seen, I'd put a reel together, of, you know, of all the little bits of things. And he, he said, he sat me down, and he, he's a, uh, uh, I guess he was working at Carl's Jr. at the time, but, but uh, a musician and a songwriter. And he sat me down, and there was this very sort of somber tone. It was almost uh, that this is, uh, Ben, I got I to gotta level with you kind of thing. And he said, you know, I just watched that reel. I saw all the things you did. And I got to tell you that you, uh, 
you seem different in every single one that you did, and and I, I, I don't think you know what you're doing. Oh, man. you know, and it was, but I mean, it was. There's this thing of being unable. What when you know someone so well, right? There's this inability to necessarily see how they read. To other people, I see. So th- it's hard for them to suspend their dis. It's hard for them yes. to suspend their Absol- disbelief, exactly. and they're seeing you throughout the entire thing, as opposed to whatever they think that they think that they <laughs> right. think. Right. Just like I'm not watching. I'm just looking at my eyebrows the whole time. I'm watching. Right. Like, You're those, not. Th- what, those yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not watching the story. Why do I'm, people have eyebrows? Yeah, right. And then you start looking at other people's yeah. eyebrows. It's like you know what? So much you do teach an eyebrow class, and I'm. You know what? Here's there the, is someone I'm Here's sure. the thing. I would teach an eyebrow class because I watch actors. I watch people in my class. I will see that. Right. You just did it. I will see people just suddenly do that. And I'm like, what? wait, mm. why did that eyebrow go up? Why did that eyebrow go up? You don't even know what your partner's saying to you and suddenly you're making it. You're, you're, no, don't put your eyebrow up. Because the moment that you do that, everything's changed. But you do teach that already, I'm sure. I do do teach that, but I want to teach specifically an eyebrow class. I will tell you that the uh, wonderful teacher of mine, did you know the next week is Teacher Appreciation Week? I just saw this in Starbucks this no, morning. No, I did not know that. It's true. I didn't. See, that's the reason I have to go to Starbucks. I was wondering. Because <laughs> I made coffee. I could have made coffee today. I should have made, made coffee. coffee. I should have made I was going to call you and say, should I make some coffee? And I would have told you, of course. Yeah, right. That's um, what I'm thinking. Right. Or Bloody Mary's. Or Bloody Mary's. Keep going. Or Irish coffee. Right. Uh, Travis Preston, great mm-hmm. teacher that I had at NYU. He's now at CalArts and, and uh, is, I think, uh, as, as important to my to the development of my taste as any teacher was. Mm-hmm. He would talk about that eyebrow thing, and he would call it a facial mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that I've now made a, deci- I've made a mechanical decision that supersedes any other impulse that might come along. Uh, and, and yeah, so I think, yeah, again, maybe you wouldn't need a whole class. I think you could cover it in a day. Well, the thing is that it, it certainly I would start out with the eyebrow and then turn it into the whole, uh, yesterday I had an audition for Greyhound and it's very hard to make Greyhound into a positive thing. But anyway, uh, is I, Greyhound the, the bus or is the it's... bus, the bus, not the dog. Okay. Cause I don't know. They don't really need advertising. No, they the, don't. The dog. They don't. A, a lot of people do. When I think about greyhounds, I always think of a greyhound rescue. I don't think that you can get a greyhound dog outside of a greyhound rescue. Because the only time you ever see somebody with a greyhound is like, I'm part of a greyhound rescue. That's what I think. I'm sure that that's not true. But I don't know anybody going to a store and picking up a greyhound. You know more dogs than I know. Dogs. I don't. Well, I see dogs. Whenever I see a greyhound, ask somebody who has a greyhound. I always and they think never it's a, go- is it, is a whippet. And a greyhound the same? They've got to be the same. Yeah. A whippet, a saluki, and a greyhound okay. walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't end up good. So, um, uh, greyhound. Oh, so I found myself at the audition. Oh, first off, two things. One guy is sitting in the room. He gets, he's at, at not the room, sitting in the waiting room. Right. And he's, and he's got a script in his hand, and he's, and he's talking loud. And, and he's listening to his headphones. He's talking loud. He's got a script in his hand. And then the auditor comes in to start reading off the names that people are going to come. And he's still fucking talking. He's on the goddamn phone, Ben. Yeah. He's on the phone. Yeah. This is a thing now, though. Imagine if you asked him to be quiet. He'd look at you. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, fuck yeah. Who the fuck are you, he'd say. I mean, this happens to me 
and like I'm somehow the sheriff. You know, I go, I go into the gym. Somebody on a treadmill behind me. Oh yeah, doing a meeting. Right. It offends me. Me too. There's another guy who's sitting there. So the commercial was this: I'm a rock and roll. I'm a rock star manager, manager of a rock star, and uh, and and I got the band. So instead of getting the tour bus, I get everybody dollar tickets on the Greyhound. Like that right there, going really. Really. Anyway, let's just spend our disbelief for that. Okay. All right. So there are guys dressed up like rock stars. There's a guy sitting there dressed up like a motherfucking douchebag in his white undershirt. You know the thing. They call him wife beater. Wife beater. So, yeah. I'm, 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 I should, so I'm wearing so, it. I wear them too. So he comes in and he sits down and we're all sitting going over our sides and he takes out his iPhone and he starts playing a deep purple song as loud as he motherfucking can. Ozzy Osbourne, right? Ozzy right. Osbourne. An Ozzy Osbourne song as loud as he can. And I'm sitting there thinking, really? 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 That's okay with everybody? That's motherfucking okay with everybody? Doesn't it seem like it is? I mean, it does seem like every that. time... This is, I was at, I was at my local a couple of days ago. And Your local? My local, the Pikey. My, my, oh, got my it, pub, got it. Well, pub. keep in mind also, I, you know, my dad is an electrician, yeah. so when he'd go down to the local, he'd be looking for work or right. hanging out with the other electricians. Union man. Yeah. It's went down to the local. Yeah, all right. 134. I went to the public then. He'd, he'd know what I meant then. Right. Well, uh, like in public, you go it, to a different place, and that's like, what are you going to the grocery store for? Wait, what's that? What? The public is a grocery store. It's no, the public place. is a pub. It's a pub. But I'm just saying, it could also be interpreted as a supermarket, because there is a supermarket called Publix. That's true. You know, it's, you're Chicagoan. I'm a but There was not Publix in Chicago, by no. the way. Okay. There were locals in Boston. There's a place called The Local? No, but The Local is the bar you go to. Like, like my brother, when he drank, he had a local called Buffs, which is a local. local. My dad would call it a saloon or a bar. Well, that you can find anywhere, but then right. there's the one that's kind of your zip code, that's your your, your, name your cheers, right? Where you get your, to, everybody right. knows your name. That's a true story, by the way. What? I don't know. Keep going. Okay. So, but this guy has, it's a, it's a dark environment. At his local. And he, yeah. And he opens up the phone, and it's like a spotlight. Right. Like, we now live in a world where everyone has flashlights. Right. And all the time. They're flashlighting at their face. They flashlight at their face. They are 20 minutes late to the movie. They can't find their seat. So they pull out their flashlight. Like, everybody's an usher now. And uh, Everybody's an usher but the usher. <laughs> yeah, right. There's Where's no... the motherfucking usher? But why are you allowed to come to a movie 20 minutes late? Anyway, we could go down this road. Oh, oh, oh. I, I remember when I was married, my wife, my, my wife said, we're going to a movie. I'm like, can we go now? We're going to a movie. And I was with a family. Can we go now? We're going to a movie. Can we go now? We're going to a movie. Can we go now? Or we're going to go to the movie. We're 10 minutes late for the movie. Fuck the movie, Ben. Fuck them. I do not go to a movie 10 minutes late. I don't either. I don't either. But I respect story. But this is changing, too. This is, this is, this is another thing that's in common. Neither of us. Should we uh, both just open this window and yell at people to get off the lawn? There's no lawn, but I feel like this is preemptively. The Here's the thing I think about being a crotchety old man, because now I'm, I've crossed the 40 Rubicon, I'm 41. I was this way at 18, but at 18, it's precocious. Right. So it's not so much that you become that guy typing the letter into the editor. I, Dear sir, I am so disappointed you've changed right. the size of the New York Times, or right. whatever it is. Uh, you were always that person. It's just now, you know, you transform from being an old soul to, to having a soul totally appropriate to the, right. to the we, person. So it's sort of like when you're born, you're given a jacket that you will eventually, that you have to carry around. And then one day you're going to put it on and it's going to fit. That's, and you will never be able to get out of the jacket. 
That's my feeling about the groundlings, where they say, get the who, the what, and the where out at the beginning of the scene, and then figure out, wait, yeah. I, I, wait, okay. get the no, who, I, the what, and the where out at the beginning of the scene, and then we'll figure out what the scene is about. That's like saying, we're going to put on a play, and we're going to buy all the costumes, and then we're going to get actors to fit into the costumes. Yeah, which I expect happens. But it's... It, it's it doesn't, it's no way to cast a show, brother. It's no way to approach storytelling at all. No. And it's the thing, but even, you know, you can't help it. I tell actors this all the time. Like, you pick up the script, just read it. Don't begin imagining the turn of the phrase or how, what I get to say, or God forbid you're counting your lines. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I almost, uh, I, I tend not to explode at performers unless they've done something really how do, serious. How does it, what does it look for, for you to explode? It's, I get, I can get very scary. Uh-huh. And I'll get, I'll get, I'll try, to, I'll try to be, you do know Kim Rubenstein. I mean, yes. she taught me acting in the Greeks in, in Chicago in the early 90s. I, I tried to, I try to get an open channel. I try. Open channel? So that my instrument is as open Got a it. sound as I can get as without teacher. without tension, right. right? Open, right? How dare you, right? In the in the face of this ensemble and the effort you have seen put on today, how dare you? Right. And something to that effect. And what's amazing is then the work for the rest of the day yes. is profoundly good because everyone's terrified. Well, one of the things that happens <laughs> is I feel like whenever I give a note to one person, I'm giving a note to everybody. The moment that I give you a note, everybody gets a note. Right. So that's why thank you for making that choice in this class because, the, or thank you for asking that question that you thought was a stupid question because somebody else is fucking thinking that question. Right. For I me, ask everybody to be a skeptic of me. Right. Be skeptical. But be skeptical of everything. Yes. Um, I have a phrase, and my phrase is this. Okay. I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> I'm yelling with you. You just haven't started yelling yet. Okay. And that way, I get to yell. Now, what do I want you to yell about? I might want you to symbolically yell, to metaphorically yell. I might want you to yell. I want you to fucking get excited and get the fuck out of your head. So I'm yelling at you, but I'm also yelling with you. And one moment you're going to yell with me as well. Not yell at me, but yell with me. I think, I think we agree. I mean, I think... Oh, I'm not not agreeing with you. No, I, 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 I'm just saying I, I would put it another way. What I'm trying to do is ignite passion. Right. Not only, uh, not ignite it, I'm demonstrating it. Right. This is how much I care. Exactly. And this isn't my work, this is your work. Is it how much you care or is it how much you're living? Because, you know, it's not what you care, it's that you're living. This is how much I live. I live large. And it's not about my, my caring because I don't think, you know what, I'm just going to care 80% today. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 80% of my care because my care shows in my practice. Okay. I'm, I'm not there. So you're not there understanding I'm not, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm not clear No, for me, it. for me, it's not about I have to think about caring. I just live my life. Oh, oh, yeah. No, okay, you know? absolutely. So, it's not, so my, my, my exhibiting of my energy is, and my exhibiting of my energy is, is, yes, indeed, it's what you're saying. It's to model, it's for you to go, do you like what I'm doing? Because I like what I'm doing. Do you like my energy? You're taking my class. You must like my energy. Do you like my energy? And if you're taking my class and you like my energy, you want me to get some, you want some of my energy. And right. I'm giving it to you. Are you ready to take it? I think that's right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm in line with that. Uh, and I, I, it's a funny thing. That it is a, about living your life. But I do think 
and I'm a heathen, right? I don't, I, I had my, if I was raised maybe Unitarian, but I, the church has never been a big part of my, the closest thing I have to a continuum is, is acting, is the craft. I mean, it's ultimately storytelling, right? right? But it is, to me, there's so many indig- quote-unquote indignities mm-hmm. uh, that we suffer. You get cut out of the episode of the TV show with all your friends there to watch. Or you, you, uh, you know, if you're me, <laughs> you know, having to go to a Capital One audition to play uh, an ogre. Right. And I'm surrounded by, <laughs> you know, people who have Why walked it- a very different road. Why is it an indignity? It's, it goes back to that idea of what ought to be, of what right. should be. Right. It's this. But, How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> you right. Do you know who I am? How dare? Is that what you're saying? Well, right. It, it, it's something to that effect. Is but it it's is? also. But it is. I mean, these. You can't help. You know when you're in an environment where you're getting uh, respected and. Um, you're participating in a very full way. You're being invited to participate in a very full way. And you know when you're in an environment where you're the help. Right. Where you're the big guy. Right. For me. Right. Or you're the, or you can do the Russian gangster who once said, like, this kind of prostitute, not that one. You know, or whatever the hell it is that you're doing. And you're doing it for the day. And so, to me, that's, it's, I always come down on this idea because you'll encounter a performer who will say, uh, I don't do co-stars, or I'd never do. I'd never do a commercial. I, I have too much integrity for whatever it is. And and to me, the analogy that I use w- with people is this this imagined character I have of this guy who loves to carve ducks out of wood. And sometimes people want to buy ducks, and sometimes people don't. But he always wants to carve them. The one thing that people always will need are the skills that he's acquired carving those ducks. So he can fix a door, he can build a shelf, he can do, and those things are things that he will do, and he can do them, and he, he can do them with great pride, right. and with great dignity, right. and with great aplomb, and the money that'll come from that, even though that's not the dream, right, that'll finance the next duck he wants to carve. Right. Um, so that, when, I, when I talk about... Uh, with a young artist, these, these, this, this idea of these things that we endure, which I think we, I think we do. You do think we endure? I don't think, I don't know what I endure. And, and, uh, but then there's that guy Yusuf endure. Um, he's always enduring. But I don't know, because it's, for me, it's the idea of this. It's sort of like me going and going, oh, God, like, do you know who I think I am? Right. Do you have any idea? How dare you treat me that way? Do you know who I think I am? Right. That's really what it is. Yes, absolutely. And, and so for me, I, there's not, the, the, the concept of the indignity because at the, at, the, at the core of indignity is the word dignity, all right? So, uh, so, so uh, you know, this is the indignity of doing what it is that I'm doing. At that moment of going, what? You know what? I, I would never fucking take a greyhound. I don't know that. Maybe I would. Um, <laughs> right. I would not, but, I, but the bottom line is, you know, I, I sold Coors beer. You know, I sold Coors beer. I was up. I, I played a Russian guy saying, "Hello, I'm a Coors. I'm selling Coors." So I played that, and you know what? That was the greatest fucking commercial I would have. I've ever done. I love that fucking commercial. I listen. Let, let me be clear then. It's it, because the same way that that you know you'll have you'll have a facial mask, right? You'll have this decision made that the eyebrow guy. Keep, yeah, the eyebrow guy. The fact that I can see, the fact that at the end of the day, I will always arrive, I will always return to uh, 
the Rush, I did, I did the latest Russian guy was in September. It was a heat wave. I was on the Universal lot. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sweating like a pig. I've put on however many pounds since I quit smoking. Um, but it's a lot. Talk about fitting into the, the coat that was <laughs> made for me in my youth. But uh, I, at no point do I ever forget, oh, my God, I am I'm on the Universal lot. Right, right. Right. I'm shooting. I'm shooting a television show. I had this this dream that I was motivated by this this thing that I wanted to to participate in. Right. I'm. This is what it looks You're like. You're doing it. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And and so it's that that phrase that I love so much: replacing ambition with gratefulness. The idea of I my ambition was to be that. Do you know who I think I am? And and the reality is, look at what I'm doing right now. I am doing this awesomeness right now. Right now, this awesomeness also means um, part of the awesomeness also means I get to sit here and talk to you. That is a residual of the great. Actor, acting opportunities I've had. I know you. I sit here. This guy, Ian Foley, put this podcast together so that I am able to unfold and full evolve my artistic, all, all the things that is the duck carving and the things uh, that are Building adjacent. The, the adjacent to the duck carving. Yeah. And when it comes to duck carving, there's also the appreciation of ducks. There's the appreciation of crows, of dinosaurs. There's the appreciation of all those things that go with that appreciation of I am living my life and my life also includes every fucking thing. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. And that it's, it's, if I can try to return to this idea of the, of the young actor that where I got caught up with indignity, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is this perception, like all these m misconceptions, this, this, uh, people are fond of talking about the rejection that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. That's a perspective. It, it's, it's entirely uh, inaccurate. When you create something, when you are the, the driving force uh, where you're bringing in a lot of different people, like when you're directing a piece or you're, or you're uh, casting a piece or participating in the casting of a piece, it's not like you go and who's the, the, the best one? Right. 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 It's who can help with the thing. Right. Who can help with the thing. Right. Who can help That's with it, the isn't thing. it? That's right. why you got the job. Right. You can help with the thing. Right. She, at, the, at that time, I could help with the thing. Yeah. And but. An actor will choose to go home, and I'm not pretty enough. Oh I'm not. God. I'm not good enough. I don't work hard enough. And this is. I have 20 minutes, and then I have to quit and right. go back and be whatever I don't want to be. But it's. But they're also taking that into their life too. Uh, I had a girlfriend who I broke up with, and I broke up with her. And her takeaway from that was, I wasn't good enough for you. And I, at that huh. moment, I thought, Wow. You're basing your life on my life. Right. You're not, you're not, you're not basing your life on your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you are comparing yourself to some ideal that I am, that I am not. Leave me alone. And I'm not saying leave me alone like stop stalking me. I'm saying leave me alone as your model of your enjoyment in your life. And it's the same thing where it's like I didn't get that part in the play. I'm not good enough. Right. They're really good. That how? And it's like no, 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 no. What if we re 
branded the word, or what if we, 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 we stop calling it rejection? Oh, I would love that. You know, what, what would, if it's not, it's not rejection? Because it, 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 then if it's not rejection, then what is it? Because right now, rejection has that, of course it does, that feeling of you were brought in and we kicked you out. But that's not what right. happened. Because you weren't rejected. No. You just weren't accepted. I like the, I have the North Star of it is nothing until it's something. Right. Right. But in terms of we're going to rebrand re that is rejection. I, I have been guilty in the past. I get better and better at this. There's a thing I want to attend. Anytime I get a chance to audition, I want to attend to something. And the thing I am working on principally now in the room is attending to making the listener more important than myself. Right. So that I'm, and, and that's really being, it's become quite useful to me because it takes my eyes off of myself and, and it allows me uh, a greater degree of freedom. And what it also does is your character was written to benefit that person that you're talking to. Right. You're not, it's not your show. <laughs> you're, you're the burly guy. Yeah. The show is not called burly guy. Someday, someday. You know what? Everybody's got a coat that they're carrying around with them <laughs> that they will one day fit into. Well, I can't wait. That'll be fun. But you know, okay, so you're saying. Oh, well, well, that, that this, this idea of, of framing it not as rejection, framing it as, right, right. You know, it's funny. It's funny. This is, I had, uh, for a long time, I hadn't, I'd done a lot of co-stars, but I hadn't had my name. Uh, at top of show, right? It hadn't been up front. And to me, that was like a very important, uh, honestly, it was something to, to, to give my family, to give my father this d desire to please, right? That right. it was like, I never had a cat, but I imagine, you know, the cat brings the bird and leaves it at the front step. So, so to me, this was, it was a thing that, to achieve. Mm -hmm. One of those plateaus we talked about. Mm -hmm. and, and my name has my, my father's name and my grandfather's name all in it. And, and, I, and here came this show, and it was, the, the, the character it was called Burly Bob. Shut up. Seriously. <laughs> and, the, and, the, uh, and the title of the episode was Burly Bob. Uh-huh. What was and the show? This was, this was, I think it was Pushing Daisies. I think oh, it was yeah, like the yeah, first yeah, season yeah. of Pushing Daisies. Yeah. And I went in and it was Cammy Patton and, and I've always gotten along very well with everybody in that office. I think it's a great office. Uh, and, and I went in and it was like, like literally the part was written for me. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I, I killed it and, and, and Cammy was like, that's, you're coming to Warner Brothers uh, tomorrow and, and just do exactly that. And it oh, was for, for producers. For producers. Uh -huh. And it was even, a, it was a director I knew I'd worked with before. So, was, so the, I'm, I'm sorry for those people that don't know it. We, we, we get a, a call from our agent. We get the script. We, it's called the sides. We yeah. read the sides. We prepare ourselves by ourselves. We go to a cat. Sometimes we go to a casting director, uh, casting director, right? Yeah, yeah. Go to a casting director and we sit in a, a lobby and then we read with the casting director's assistant while the casting director watches. Right. And very often it's taped, if not all the time. And if they want us, either they'll call our agent and I will find out from our agent or they'll tell us at that time tomorrow be and you'll meet with producers, right. which is usually a step toward, if not the step, the, the step that will get you the job. Right. If it's something in production. Right. And, then, and then for those playing the home game, if it's, if it's, if it's a pilot or something like that, that yields something many more steps. Exactly. Uh, right, 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 but, right. Uh, 
yeah, so but so I'm going in and it's it's quote unquote mine to lose and all of a sudden I spend that whole night going, This is it and I'm I I I'm gonna be top of show and my you know, my family's gonna be so proud of me and all this wonderful all this stuff is gonna have occurred and I go in the next day and it's at Warner Brothers, which again, talking about grateful, every time I go on that lot and love I work that on lot. that lot a ton. I and love Paramount that too. lot. Paramount is extraordinary. I mean right. all of them are. Right. All of them are. Right. Uh, and it's anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I walk in and David, I mean I tanked. I, I, it was my knees locked, my hands, which didn't even need to have the script in them, were, were you know, shaking, shaking like uh-huh. a leaf. And I, and I walk out of there like shell shocked. I didn't even know what hit me. I felt like getting in the car. And driving back to Boston, like I just felt like this is it. I, I, everything goes away, and uh, everything and goes I, away. And yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't get it. Right. I knew I didn't get it. Right. Cammy called my agent, and said they're going another way, and they did it. In fact, go. They went. They went with a very, very, very burly, burly, burly guy. Great. Right. Um, but I felt ruined, and I went to uh, a, a coach of mine and told them what happened. And this was actually Ivana, who I work for now. And, and she said, she said, one of the best things she ever said to me. Let me just keep going. Which what? Which was, uh, you were playing the opportunity. Oh, right. How can you play an opportunity? Right. It's not there to play. You didn't play the scene. Right. And it was an important wisdom. And I, I, I haven't made that. I, I've tanked since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're gonna. Right. Um, but I've never made that mistake again. It's interesting because what happened to you was you played the ego, you didn't play the process. Right. You played the end result, you didn't play the game. Right. You played the win, but you didn't play the play. Right. Or it's Michael Caine says in that great thing he did, the acting. Have you ever watched that? I don't acting think so. I, I think I have. Oh, What's you it called? Should. It's acting. It's now all over YouTube, but it, I buy it for somebody every year. I'll, maybe I'll buy it for you for Christmas. Lucky um, me. But. Uh, Michael Caine's acting in film, and it's just him talking about working with a camera. Right. But he brings up the process of going to watch dailies or rushes, he calls because he's he's a, a Brit. Um, and he talks about how when you go to watch the dailies or watch the rushes, uh, the you know you ask costume how they went, and they said, "Oh my God, everybody looked perfect. The buttons were perfect. All the seams were great." You ask makeup how did it go? Oh my God, it was. Uh, you know the DP how did it go? Oh the light, I got it just on the side. Everybody's watching their own work. Nobody's watching. Again, this, we've talked about this earlier. Nobody's watching the, the full effect. Right. And if you go and watch them, you'll be watching yourself, too. Your eyebrow. But the thing he says, yeah, like I watch my eyebrows. Uh, the thing he says is everybody gets, everybody goes and buys yachts on rushes. And then they go to the poorhouse at the premiere. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't, yep. it's nothing until it's something. Uh, 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 when I was thinking about going to grad school, I met with a bunch of people. And they said, three people said Yale. Yeah. I said, Dave, go to Yale. Don't go anywhere else. Go to Yale. And I thought, Yale, Yale. And then I realized, you don't just go to Yale. You, that, you have to apply to go to Yale. Yeah. And then when you go to Yale, you're at Yale. And then while you're at Yale, you're doing Yale things. Yeah. And then if you make it, you're done. Yeah. 
But in order to get to the end, you've got to go through the beginning and the middle. And I think a lot of people just see that. And, and, and I get it. For me, it's, it's like everything else. The moment that you stop being here, the moment that you stop being here with what it is that you're doing, you're dead. You're gone. Because if you're playing gotten the part and the top of the show yes. and you're playing the smile on your dad's face yes. and him showing yes. the newspaper, you're not here because that shit, A, is fantasy. B, right. it's fiction. C, it hasn't happened. Four, it's not reality. And five, you're not here. You're out. You're, you, you've now arrived someplace. You've got this sense of arrival someplace. And the moment you have a sense of arrival... Now things can be taken from you. You can lose things. You can, I got you can, rejected. Yeah. They rejected me. It's Robert. I have my favorite quote I used to have on a T-shirt when I was in high school. I, I, I can't even. I know who said it. I don't know where they said it. Okay. Because it was on the back of a T-shirt. Uh-huh. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, to travel, hopefully, is a better thing than to arrive. Right. And I find a great deal of uh, solace in that. Right. That it is that it's 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 this journey and these moments we punctuate these moments of arrival. Yale, I applied to Yale. I went. I applied to Yale two years in a row. I didn't get in either time, and the, and, and I applied to NYU two years in a row. I didn't get. I got. I got called back. I got close, all four processes. And the second time I was I was working on a, a magnificent play in New York called Bloody Poetry, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, the director of that play was this wonderful guy from England called Chris Hayes, a fop, mm-hmm. wonderful back on tour. Not the Chris Hayes from MSNBC. I don't think so. But, you know, he's got his own show. Oh, anyway, that, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not that one. Not that Chris Hayes. Not that one. Yeah. But the, this guy was phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. I hope still is. And, and he said, why would you, why do you want to go to grad school? And I said, because I may want to teach. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I may want to teach. And he said... Well, why else? And I said, because, you know, I, I want to continue learning. And he said, you can still continue learning forever. Right. If you go to grad school, Ben, you'll be bored. And, like, you get lucky sometimes when you find somebody that you really trust. You may not necessarily believe what they tell you, but you believe it in them. And so you'll listen to what they tell you. You may not believe what they tell you, but you believe it, believe it in them. And yeah. it's what we were talking about earlier, right? About... Um you want my energy. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, is that, that is right. That's the exactly, energy that that's I have. Exactly right. You want my energy that's right That's exactly now. right. And here's the thing. That's why Chris was in a position. I couldn't have told myself that. Right. What a pompous, ridiculous thing. This, that I'd be bored by Yale right. s- you know, School of Drama. Right. My ass. I right. mean, I wouldn't be. It's an extraordinary place to go on uh-huh. one hand. But on the other hand, here was a guy that I did trust who recognized where I was, the right. tools yes. I developed already. Yes. And he was saying... I endorse not only not only uh, is it not anything to worry about that you didn't get in. Thank your thank your lucky stars. Right. That's not the path you need to be on. Right. It's so interesting to me. That's not the path you need to be on. I, I go back to the Master Margarita, the Zoo District show that you and I did, <sighs> um, and how wonderful that was. And I think why one of the reasons that I love that show was uh, well, first off, what cast of twenty four people. Uh, my dad keeps reminding me there were naked women in that show. And I was like, oh, that's oh, right. There, there were. were. I didn't remember were. that at all. I don't know if you and remember some, that. I, I totally remember that. And, and not only do I remember that, I remember some people, because it was so long, right. left at intermission. 
before there were any naked people. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God. You don't even know you're missing. They, you um, you're but, uh, but, but the idea that at that time, that show, one of the great things about that show was it reminded me that I was on this earth not to be living the life of a rejected actor, but that I was an actor. And what I mean by that is, at that time, I was thinking, why am I here? What am I doing in LA? And then, because I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, I'm not getting that, I'm not getting that. Then I got the master in Margarita. I got to play your consigliere. Um, uh, I was the Duval to, to your uh, uh, Brando. So uh, that way, I, and, and I realized in that moment, that is exactly what I needed at the time that I needed it. Yeah. And not only that, that book was the first book that Katie, my wife at the time, had ever given me 12 years earlier than that. She gave me, that was our favorite book. Wow. So this whole thing, everything that I am not getting is leading me toward that which I'm going to have. Yeah. And the moment that I have those things, I can look back and then I get to reinvent history. And I get to go, oh, my God, of course I didn't get that, that, and that, and that. You know, so while I'm being what most actors are saying is rejected, I'm not being rejected. I'm being redirected. I'm being directed. I'm, my life is heading in a direction. But it's not just heading in a direction. It is there. It's right. not. It, I don't know where the fuck I'm heading. I know where it is that I am. Yes. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And, and, and. First of all, one of the divine pleasures of my career was working with you on that show. That show kind of uh, set a very high bar that I don't know that I ever found anything that I so richly loved. I think everybody I who walked away process. from that show felt that same way. From yeah. Michael Franco, who put it together. Uh, I mean, to, who Lauren uh, Rubin directed. Yeah, and, and, and right. Uh, Bruno Oliver was in it, and how great Bruno was. Bruno in that. was great. Kelly D. They right. were phenomenal. Right. Uh, everybody was phenomenal. And let's look at now. Let's let's take a look at the people that are in that were in that show. Ben. Peter. Peter. Peter Alton is he's directing now, isn't he? Peter is doing. Peter is the most industrious person I have ever known. Ben Simonetti was in that too. But going back to Peter, go ahead. Well, just P Peter. Peter works so often. What I does mean, he work doing? Uh, what I know he works doing. He, he's kind of a one man band with his production equipment. Mm -hmm. I know that he's done. Uh, um, I don't watch it, but I think Carson Daly has a show on NBC where it's up all night or something like that, uh -huh. and, and, and Peter does, or at one time was doing all of the kind of man-on-the-street stuff got for it, that. Got it, got it, got it. He, but he's also a gun for hire. He, right. Joe Hernandez-Kolsky, who was also in Master Margarita, right. he, right. he, uh, he'll call Peter. We, just, we did a short film together a, a year ago about him having sex with a TiVo remote that Peter came and yes, filmed. Yes, I saw that. And Peter, Peter, Peter is just one of those... He's one of those few people that I've known in my life that uh, somehow seems to never run out of energy. Now, and so will always be there when you call. But the idea of not running out of energy—that yeah. for me is phenomenal because I feel like we all we we can be perpetual motion machines as long as we realize when it is that we've stopped, and the stopping is a temporary place. And what I mean by that is, I wake up every morning. And I get on my computer and I go, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go next? How do I, how do I set it up? I want to go to, I'm going to go, I'm going to Dublin. How can I get that going? I'm going, I'm going to 
I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to Oahu. I'm going to Maui. I'm going to Australia. I'm going to Monterey Bay. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to New York. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to Chicago again. And like all these things, the idea of you want to stop, stop. If you want to rest in your laurels, that's great. But what's going to end up happening is you're going to die. <laughs> right. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. But I, you don't. I mean, I do sometimes feel. I sometimes feel like I'm waiting. It's not necessarily. I think of it. Uh, <laughs> perhaps I justify it, but I think of it as a bit like a field being fallow for a minute, um, that, that I'm going to stop running at the thing. I'm going to stop chasing the thing. I'm going to stop and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sit with whatever this is right now. If it's cause sometimes I'm sitting with it and it's a, there'll be a sadness or a sorrow. Sometimes I'll sit with it and there'll be, um, you know, one thing that I used to do a lot of that I don't do anymore. Did you ever see the solo shows that I did back in the day? I did two. Uh, I had this idea. I would do these. Did you do it? At, did you do a show at Sacred Fools? Yeah, I did. That was a, that was the second one I did, yeah, where, I saw it. where I got oh, I right. got blackmailed by yes. the producer. And yes, I went to I Maui. Yes, I saw that movie. And then that I was kind of, I called it a movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that the thing about that movie, I stopped writing them after that because the first one was about leaving the University of Chicago. And Hawaii was involved in that. Yeah, that was right. Hawaii. I got right. I get it's a, right. both of them were true stories. Right. Uh, true stories. And, but one was a, sort of a coming of age. I was 21 when it happened. I, I, I didn't know how to, to, to quit University of Chicago. I wanted to go to NYU for undergrad, and I didn't know how to, to, to get out of it. And so I sort of, uh, I blew up. I, had a, I, I took shrooms and thought I was dead, and, and, and then telling my family I was quitting University of Chicago didn't seem like a bad thing. And to me, the action of that play was kind of wonderful because it was a play that was about somebody trapped somewhere, wanting to be something else and you were witnessing that person being that thing he wanted to be because now here i was first in new york and then in l.a telling this story right of uh being free of right. this prison that i put myself in right but then the second one was about this going through the looking glass of wanting to be endorsed by some very big shot was the title of that second play it was called big shot right and wanting to be endorsed uh by somebody and the and the and the the willingness that I had to go along with the the crazy crazy stuff that right. this, was coming out that of this crazy guy's person, mouth, right? Uh, because he had been associated with success, and there were other people who were going along with it, and 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 I got to the end of it and recognized that my value was not up to anyone but myself, right? Which is ultimately a great place to be. Yeah, I think it is great, right? But to me, it didn't have like it felt like it was a story about. Screw Hollywood. And the fact that I was still in Hollywood at the end of the story to me felt like it didn't quite have the, the oomph that the first one did. That I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't walking the walk at the end of that did story. You, but, but here's another thing that, that you said. that You're talking about the fallow field. Yeah. You're saying you feel that this is fallow and that you're waiting. Yeah. I didn't hear in what you just described. Yeah. I never heard you waiting. There's not a moment there that you were waiting. What the fuck is waiting, Ben? What does waiting mean? You weren't waiting. You weren't waiting. You're yeah. harvesting. You're letting things grow. There's no waiting. What does waiting look like? Well, well I'll, I'll source it to Dr. Seuss. It's the waiting place from that book that he 
tells the other oh, places you'll go, book. Okay, right. Right. There's the waiting place. So to me, what does waiting, what does waiting look like? I, you know who Haynes Brook is? Haynes is he's he's currently he's making. I hope he's making mint, but he is uh, he's the son on those commercials. The uh, I haven't seen it. The Jimmy Dean commercials. No, he's like a oh anyway. Okay, uh, he. You've seen him around. He did some solo shows. He was involved with The Fools for, uh-huh. for a while, and I met him there. But he was a book-on-tape kind of guy, and he taped both of my uh, those solo pieces. And uh-huh. he said to me, I ran into him on the street uh, out of nowhere, and he, and he told me, you, you need to be writing. Uh-huh. Like it, was, it was the most random encounter, and then it was like kind of the most forceful uh, presentation. Uh, okay. It was almost like an edict. Right, and right. I thought, why? Why am I not writing? Right, I don't know why, but it's honestly, what is that? That's the that's the principle across the street. Oh, is that like, right? Periodically, like the other day, she was saying this. Uh, it'll come like ding, 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 and it's on the loudspeaker, and it comes outside, but it also goes through the school. And the other day, it was like ding, ding, ding. There's been some people talking in the school about a particular thing, and I would love for it if we stop talking about that. If I hear that you're talking about it, you and I are going to talk about it in my office. And that was the end. Really? I live across the street from a grammar school. Shit happens. That's like so, it. Yes. Hangs. Hangs says you got to be right. It's, right. Been, it's been around me a lot that people have been saying it. Uh-huh. And, and I don't, for me, I like to write. I write when I, I wrote an essay when, when, uh, uh, Phil Hoffman died. That I don't know right. what I'm going to do with. I don't even know if I finish it. Like I'll write things, but it, to me, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a bowel movement. Like I have, yeah, to, yeah, I yeah. have to do it. I'm not right. one of those guys that's going to just wake, up, like uh, wake up and write. Right. Uh, and I, those I, guys I feel that. like it's a ball movement as well. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. But they, you know, for them, their their laxative is their confidence. <laughs> Perhaps that's right. Maybe that's right. I'm just saying, you know, they're they're regular with it because they're like, you know what? I'm feeding myself uh, this, and and I'm I'm crapping out text. You're getting to a point. I keep cutting you off, and he's saying you're writing. And no, no. well, the, no, I'm trying. The point is not necessarily the writing. It's the, this idea of waiting. Right. Right. I feel okay. like I'm. I feel well, often like I'm. Okay. Waiting. Because that is what you call it. I'm standing. I tell you, and I think I've said this before. I tell you. Uh, you say to me, uh, we, I say, meet me on the corner of Hollywood and Vine at 11.30. Yes. And I think I've told this story before. So I get there at 11.30 at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Yes. And you're not there. And yeah. it's 11.30. And I'm standing there. Is this that time I stood you up? Or is no, 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 no. This is a... This I, feel is, no, no, so, no, no, I still no. feel terrible Oh, my God. I don't remember that. that. I remember. I can't okay, ever fine. forget it, David. Talk about David, that I'm so is, sorry. Uh, I'm, all right. Let's not say it's you. Let's say it's Simonetti. <laughs> ben Simonetti says... That <laughs> asshole. Right. So I meet... I say to Ben... Simonetti, not you. God, I'll get a different name. Peter Alton. <laughs> Peter. Uh, so I say to Peter, meet me on the corner of Hollywood and Vine at 1130. Now I'm thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to slander Peter, but it's, it's a fictional guy. Yeah, okay. Peter Alston. We'll go. <laughs> so I'm, I said to Peter Alston, meet me on the corner of Hollywood and Vine at 1130. It's 1135. He's not there. And I think to myself, I know, and I'm pointing to behind me, I know I said 1130, I know that we said 1130, and I'm pointing behind me, and I know I remember us saying that, I remember that. So 1140 comes around, and, and, and Peter Alston is still not there. And I'm thinking, I remember him and I saying that. I recall him and I saying that. And now I'm pointing in front of me. When I see him, I am going to give him the what for. It's noon. 
And I'm, and I'm going, all right. And I remember, and I'm pointing behind me, fucking, and I, I remember him, him and I talking, clearly saying 1130. Now I'm pointing in front of me. It's noon, and when I see him, I am going to give him the what for. Now, so I'm pointing behind me. I'm right. pointing in front of me. I'm standing there waiting. Right. Okay. So I'm pointing behind me. I'm pointing in front of me. I'm waiting. Where am I not pointing? I'm not pointing where I am. Right. I'm, I'm going in the future. I'm going in the past. So whenever I'm waiting, I'm not being present. Okay. No, I, Yes. So yes, you've it, never told me that before. That's, well, I've talked about it on yeah. the podcast, but I thought maybe you're not, because I talk about it a lot. But it's that feeling of when we're waiting, we're not here. If I'm on the 405 and there's construction and everything's backed up and I'm stuck in my car, waiting in my car, am yeah. I stuck in my car, waiting in my car? No, I'm in my car. There is, yes, I agree with that. Let me, let me uh, re-qualify it. There is, I might have told you about this. My, my grandmother uh, had a, uh, was a calligrapher, among a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And she had a bulletin board, like a cork board in this house in Worcester, Massachusetts, where she would read a book and something would tickle her and she'd get out an index card and she'd write in her beautiful handwriting the quote and where it came from and she'd pin it to the board. Or one of her children or grandchildren would say something Tremendous, and she'd get the quote, pin it to the board. The board, by the time she passed away, it was filled. Um, and there was cards on top of cards. And there was one card that always sort of sang to me that I kept. I stole, in fact, my, my Aunt Elizabeth, with permission. I mean, yeah. not that bad. But, uh, and it's, it, said, uh, it said, everything happens to an artist. <laughs> Nothing is wasted. Time is always redeemed, and wonders never cease. To an artist. Yeah. And then the quote, the source of the quote was uh, an author called Muriel Spark, and the book was called Loitering with Intent. Sweet. And that's the, not waiting. That's, that's not loitering. loitering I, loiter, I loiter with intent. Yes. Uh, and, and, and your presentness in that moment of your loitering with intent... It's the intent. Yeah. Because you can't wait with intent. Can you? I don't know. I don't For know me, loitering is standing around. And now we have intent. Intention. The intention is to what? The intention is to be, isn't it? Sure. If I'm loitering, I'm, I'm standing around, like, checking shit out. Right. But you're also available. Right. I'm available. My intent so nothing is wasted for an artist. That's right. So anytime, so it goes back to your fallow field. The field isn't, well, even if the field is frozen, it's fallow, yeah. which means, which implies what? That it's, it's, it's growing. Yeah. It's growing, but at a pace that is its pace. Right. It's its pace. This is the thing, right. So this, is the, so this brings us to... The, 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 the actor who gets the script, the actor who feels they're getting rejected, the actor who, who feels the indignity idea, this whole idea, and it, that, that I think if I've done my job well, my job in the capacity as an, an educator, as a teacher, um, you, put, you framed it, I thought, very well, David, in terms of the, 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 them getting infected with your life, your presentness. 
The other thing I like to infect them with is this idea that there is a continuum here. There is a there is a, a there is a, a a story being told that the, that there are these voices. And when we think about uh, the the voices in terms of the craft of the actor in the history of America, anyway, we have Strasberg, we have uh, Del Close, we have uh, Meisner, we have we have Uta Hagen, we have all of these these people that are, are participating in this conversation. And the thing I like to remind an artist is that you should learn all of these voices. You should listen to all these voices, but you should never doubt, uh, you should never doubt the value of your own voice, that, that you're not here just to listen. You're also here to contribute. You're here to, to speak. Uh, and to me, that, that idea is something that, that can help one endure in a way that if your idea is I'm not pretty enough or I need, I need top of show, I need this opportunity to go my way, or I need all of these things that you need are distancing you from the thing that, that is going to actually sustain you. Which is what? Which is you. Yeah. Well, you and, 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 and what you love, I think. Great. Let's stop there. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Today's episode was sponsored by Italian-based blues band Veronica and the Red Wine Serenaders, winner of the 2013 European Blues Challenge. For more information on their new album, The Mexican Dress, you can go to their website at www.redwineserenaders.it. Another summer is going away, like your daddy is going with vodka. I never felt so dark going down when I wanna kiss my word and mine. I have a simple cue for my soul To free my mind, my heart, and I know My dancing shoes are red and shine I'm on a boogie all over tonight And I'm gonna dance this blues away Like the preacher gonna let me sway Hold my hips, grip me tight We'll live our dream and I'm in summer night I'm gonna wear that Mexican dress Put some flowers in my hair Silver rings, red lipstick There'll be a party downtown tonight There'll be a party downtown tonight There'll be a party Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy for Dave Rosowski. I'm Ian Foley.